Hi, this is Tom Ray from Lorenzo's Music in Madison, Wisconsin, and you're listening to You Are the Guest with Bill Grady. Welcome to You Are the Guest, a weekly show where you can be the guest and tell people what you and your friends and neighbors think about news events and issues of the day. It's part talk show, part opinion poll, part reality show, and a whole lot of fun. And it's completely dependent upon your participation as a guest. To be considered as a guest for a future show, check out the website at www.youaretheguest.com for details. Now here's your program host, Bill Grady. Greetings from the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa, and welcome to show 15 of You Are the Guest, the show where we talk to everyday people just like you and me about their lives and about the issues of the day. Our guest today is from the podcast Pickle. Gary, welcome to You Are the Guest. Hey, thanks for having me. So tell me about yourself and tell me about uh, a little bit about the podcast Pickle. Well, I am not my normal demographic. I'm 50 years old. I think a listener would call me their dad. Uh, but, uh, we live in Arlington, Texas, and married with two kids in college, one at A&M, Texas A&M, and one at uh, Oklahoma, University of Oklahoma. And uh, that's a little bit about me. And Podcast Pickle is our podcast directory. Um, we think it's the best directory that are out there, but it's more than a directory. It's becoming a community. You know, where people are actually hanging out and building their profile pages and uh, things like that. But uh, we've been working on it since December. And I think we finally turned the corner. We're getting ready to hit 3,000 podcasts probably today or tomorrow. And like I said, I, I personally think it's the best one out there. And I have a lot of people tell me that. Once once you check it out, I think people find that out. And, and I need to tell you that I think it is uh, the best out there. And, uh, you know, I'm just, just not saying that because you're on the show, but because as, as a podcaster, I really believe in the podcast pickle. So it, it is a wonderful uh, resource for not just podcasters, but for listeners. And you're making it that every day. So thank you for doing that. You're welcome. <laughs> well, well, tell me about your very first car. Do you remember your very first car? Yeah, I do. Um... Yeah, I do. As a matter of fact, I was talking to someone about that yesterday. My very first car was a 63 Chevy, I think it was a 63 Chevy Bel Air station wagon. Now, I don't know if you remember how big cars were back in the early 60s, but they were just gigantic. So if you can imagine cars being gigantic already and then you making a station wagon out of it, this was a big piece of, piece of junk. Paid three hundred fifty dollars for it, and it's probably paid twice what it was worth. And uh, it lasted about three months before I totaled it. <laughs> and uh, I'm telling you, I could have put a mattress in the back of that thing. It was big enough the station wagon. It was the biggest thing in the world. Those were big station wagons back then. But that was my first car, and I loved it because it was my first car. But it was a week after I had it, I took it in to get a repair done. There was something wrong under the hood, and he told me it cost me two hundred bucks. I was going, man, I don't have 200 bucks. I got about 75 and he goes, I'll figure it out. And when I came back, he'd stuck a pencil in a tube, hose, <laughs> and done several other things. He goes, it'll work. <laughs> so that's good enough for me. Well, we're not that far apart in age. I'm, I'm 44, and my very first car was an AMC Matador. And it was, I remember those. Yeah, it was three on the tree. And uh, 
You know, as I drove it off the lot, I didn't know how to drive a clutch, but I was sure going to learn. And uh, it it was, you know, one of those things where you, you always remember your first car. Yeah, I remember a piece of junk. That was a fun car, though, <laughs> but it was a piece of junk. <laughs> but, you know, it was mine, and it was paid for. And I was, gosh, I guess I was a junior in high school, maybe. And I was so proud of that piece of junk. But everybody had a piece of junk that I knew. You know, I mean, nobody had a new car like these kids do nowadays. No, nobody. You know, my, fr- my friend had a 58 Dodge. <laughs> I mean, we all had old cars. I had one of the newest ones. <laughs> That's right, because their parents knew better. Yeah, yeah. Well, well tell me about Arlington. What, what's, what's so special about Arlington, Texas? Well, Arlington's really a pretty neat community. Um, it's about 150,000 people. But if you're in Arlington and you go east... If you're right in the center of Arlington, you went directly east for 20 minutes, 25 minutes, you hit downtown Dallas. If you go due east for due west for 15 minutes, you hit downtown Fort Worth, which are two major cities. They call this the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So, I mean, it's right in the middle of everything here. Also, we have Texas Rangers baseball, which is terrible. But, you know, if you like going to a baseball game, it is a Major League Baseball park, and that's always nice to have around. And right now they're building the new field for the uh, Dallas Cowboys, so they're moving to Arlington. And I think in four years their stadium opens. And then we have a Six Flags and the Wet and Wild, and it's a, a pretty popular city. And like I said, it's right in the middle of everything. No matter where you want to go to, it's halfway there. So we kind of enjoy it. What's the biggest local news story of the day? Got some robberies in Dallas, I think. They had these um, criminals that uh, these four uh, kids were breaking into all these houses. And really, it's kind of a funny story. They were breaking into these houses up in uh, Plano, north of Dallas. And uh, <laughs> these dumb kids... They would just go in people knock on the front door. If it was home, they'd go in the back door and they'd just steal all their electronic equipment. Well, one of the houses they went into had all these nanny cams set up to protect their kids. You know, when they were gone and they were keeping their nanny. And they had like one at the door, one in the den, one in the bedroom. They were everywhere in the house. And uh, they just got them. I mean, as clear as day, you know, I mean, these cameras are better than the ones you see when they robbed the 7-Elevens. I mean, you can see who they were, and they're showing them all on TV, carrying out all this stuff. And, and I think it's just so funny. They all just went and turned themselves in the next day. You know? You, you wanted to say, hey, smile for your close-up. Well, they were. They were just right there. Like, uh, the whole camera was their face. And uh, I don't know what they were hidden in, but they were, like, hidden in books or mirrors or something. And, uh, I mean, the pictures were so good. The next day, they just – the guy, when he showed up to the station that morning or whatever – they were outside waiting, <laughs> saying we give up because <laughs> they knew they'd been nailed. There was no way they weren't going to get caught. So I guess they figured uh, they better go turn themselves in because they weren't gangsters. You know, they were going to roam the countryside. They were high school kids. What's going on in state government these days in Texas? Tom DeLay, you know, he's from here. So I guess that's the big thing going on right now so- is um, him being from here and him being uh, – uh, arrested or whatever for money laundering and uh, the guy here who is the uh, attorney general of Texas you know I guess mostly you see on the news him about how um, he's had it out for delay 
and the times he said, I'll get you, I'll get even with you for this. It, supposedly, according to how they play it here, it has to do with how um, when the Republicans took over power in the state, they redistricted everything, which gave uh, Republicans more seats the way they redistricted it. And uh, the Democrats were against it, and they boycotted the vote for a long time. They left the state even, so they couldn't have to be made to come vote. And uh, somehow or another, they finally got the vote through, and uh, this attorney general supposedly is doing this to Tom DeLay to get even with him for forcing that vote through, which lost the Democrats a lot of the seats. So I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know what happened, but that's what the news is. So what's the average Texan, what's their opinion about the Tom DeLay deal? I don't think anyone cares. I haven't heard one person, and we talk a lot in the morning. I've never heard in the office, and no one's ever said one word about it. Um, I guess when something really happens, maybe they will, but, I mean, when it goes to court, but no one says anything about it at all. I haven't heard one person mention it. But it's on the news a lot. See, that's one of my, my thoughts or my theories, especially when we start talking about podcasting, about, you know, what do average the average person think about. And... Whatever the the top news story of the day, whenever I've had a guest on and I say, well, what do you think? The majority of them say, you know, who cares? I'm, I'm too busy with my everyday life and everything else, and I don't care about Carl Rove, and I don't care about Tom DeLay. I think that's about it. Now, I think if they go to court and they get guilty or innocent, then maybe people will have an opinion. But right now, I don't think people care. I certainly don't. How did the hurricane season affect your state? Well, my brother-in-laws, two of them live in Houston, and um, they were real concerned. This last one, Rita, came up. Matter of fact, one of them sent their kids up here to stay with us. And um, I think the way it affected our state the most, though, is I have to do it. Really, I can't say our state, but I can say our local economy, I think, really boomed because of this. You know, I mean, there are millions of dollars pouring into these refugees who are in here in Dallas-Fort Worth area. So I think it's been like a little minor boom for the state. And I'm sure that's all the place in Texas. So I think it's really been a good for boost for the economy for Texas when you really get right down to it. And uh, I don't know anyone personally that's been affected. Their houses weren't affected because it didn't go through Houston where it was suspected to. Matter of fact, their daughter broke their arm coming up here. She'd been safer off down there as it turned out. But I, I said, I think all in all for Texas, since it really didn't hit Texas that much, I think it's probably been pretty good for us to have all these FEMA dollars and stuff pouring in here. You know, and the people are resettling and getting uh, government help to resettle. So, What's the best thing that happened to you last week? Last week? Something good happened to me last week. I hope so. <laughs> Something good happens to me about every day. Gosh, your questions are pretty good, but they're ones I don't think about. I have to think a second on. Um, this, they're not like off the top of my head. Uh, questions. What happened to me good last week was, um, I'll count this because it was seven days ago. And at night, and it's still seven days later in the daytime. Last Saturday night, um, in my neighborhood, I have a really close-knit neighborhood. I mean, we all... There's like about 100 houses in here, and probably 50 of us all know each other on a personal name basis, and we all socialize together. So last Saturday, four of us had turned recently turned 50, so we had a birthday party, and three of us were named Gary. So we had a birthday party for us four, 
and my two daughters from school came, and it's the first time I've seen them uh, this semester. Time. So I'm going to say that was the best thing that happened to me this week was seeing my two daughters. In your opinion, what's the world's greatest invention? The telephone. And why? Because that opened up uh, communications, I think. Even that opened up the Internet, which a lot of people would say is the greatest. But the Internet had to go through the telephone first to work. You had to decide whether it was open the Internet, because I think the Internet is really more important. But if the telephone hadn't come along, the Internet might not be here yet today because it started on the telephone lines. You know, everybody remembers dial-up accounts. Someday people won't remember those either, I guess. But that's the reason I would say the telephone is because so many other things have been possible because of the telephone. So I'm going with telephone, and I'm sticking to it. Here are the final five questions. Tell me about your very first computer. My first computer was an Apple computer. Didn't have a hard drive. It was a Macintosh, the first Macintosh they came out with. I went to the computer store and I saw a good friend of mine there who was a much smarter guy than me. And uh, he was buying this computer because it had two disk drives for floppy disks. And I was looking at it and he was showing me how to do the DOS and stuff. And I said, I'll never get that down. And the computer guy said, we have this other kind that you can just point and click. I said, I can handle that. And so I didn't care what it was at the time. I just liked the concept I could point and click. And so it was the first version of Macintosh, whatever it's called. I still have it somewhere. You know, maybe someday it'll be an antique. Yeah, I still have my very first computer, too. It's a, a, a Packard Bell a 386SX, 16 megahertz. See, see I, I'm not, I don't know, that doesn't mean much to me. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to, I'm not, I'm more of a computer user than I am a computer. It's obvious as I'm saying, I like to point and click. You know, I know about three DOS commands, you know. <laughs> Tell me about your favorite rock band, and have you ever seen them live? I guess my favorite rock band was the Rolling Stones, and I saw them live many, many times. I saw them live, and they played a small concert in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I saw them in Greensboro, North Carolina. I saw them three times at the Cotton Bowl in Texas after I moved out here. But I was a big Stones fan. I mean, that was when I was a kid. They were, they were it. They were, that was all there was. It's only rock and roll, but I love it. Or my parents, my kids tell me it's classic rock. <laughs> I had to get used to that term. Did you ever play video games? And if so, which one was your favorite one? Yeah, I did play video games. But, you know, when I played video games, this is when they first came out. You know, so we were playing a lot of Asteroid and Space Invaders. And uh, I really don't think I ever got much past that. You know, I really never got into home video games. I just got into video games like you'd see at the mall. And I think when I worked in the mall, they had a video game arcade down there, and I got into them at that time. And after I didn't work in the mall anymore, I really didn't do them that much. But I, I'd say to say my favorite probably was Space Invaders. That was pretty good. And, oh, and I also liked the one, uh, Tetris. I liked that one, too. But, you know, they've involved. I mean, the guys that work for me now are wanting to be game creators. They've involved pretty much since I played them, so I don't know if people even consider those games what I played. How would you come up with the name Podcast Pickle? I, I wish I had some really clever story. You know, I told my wife, I just need to make up a good story. 
you know, because we don't have a good one. I actually sat down on the couch and said, I'm going to make a podcast directory. And we were watching some movie. I don't know what it was. It wasn't relevant. Drinking a glass of wine. And I just was watching. And I knew I wanted the word podcast in there. And uh, I just I had to have the word podcast in there. So it was going to start with podcasts. And as everything rolled on the TV screen, I sat there going podcasts, paper, podcasts, dirt, podcasts, whatever, paper towels, whatever rolled on the screen on TV, I said. And I think a pickle commercial came on. I said, podcast pickle. I said, that's it. I like that. And that is the sweet and sour of how the name podcast pickle came, a pickle commercial came on when I was trying to think of the name. <laughs> I don't even know what pickle company it was. What's the biggest misconception about podcasting? I would, I would guess it's the fact that everybody who does a podcast thinks they're going to continue doing them. I've noticed that so many people seem to do about three three episodes, maybe four, and then they kind of get tired of it. You know, they aren't getting any response, or maybe no one's calling on their comment line, and then their podcast career just seems to die. So the biggest misconception, I guess, would be that people starting out think they're going to be doing it for a long, long time. Just seems to me some do, but it seems to me an awful lot of them just get tired of it and think nobody's listening and just quit doing it. It's time to play Ask Bill 3. This is where I get to uh, turn the microphone over to you, Gary, and you could ask me three questions about anything. And you and I haven't previewed these questions, so I have no idea what you're going to ask me. So fire okay. away. You re- okay, at the beginning of our conversation tonight, you asked me, like, um, if it was okay to play this. And what's the scoop on that? Is that, like, a technical thing that if someone could come back to you later? Do I need to do that if I interview somebody? What it is, it's an old broadcast uh, legality, is that uh, when I was in broadcasting, they always said, make sure that if anybody calls in, that if you're going to put them on the air, that you have their permission to do so. And that's the same thing with uh, recording their voice. Anytime you record their voice, um, you have to have their express permission um, before you start hitting the recorder or they have the capacity uh, to say, you know what, I, you know, I didn't want to say that or I didn't want to do that. So it's one of those cover-your-butt things. So, so all podcasters probably that interview people should do that. That's probably pretty enlightening because I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. I learned something new today myself. What do you do for a day job? My day job is that uh, I am a uh, seminar presenter, and I'm also a uh, leadership and marketing coach. So um, if my voice sounds a little raspy, it's just because I just got done doing nine hours of seminars uh, earlier oh. this week. So I travel the uh, Midwest mainly, and I contract with uh, retail organizations, broadcasting companies to do marketing seminars to help either their associates or their uh, customers uh, do uh, better in advertising. And I'm just about ready to uh, post uh, one of my seminars uh, on my site. And uh, so people who want to find out more will be able to listen to the third part or maybe the last hour of one of my seminars. Cool. Cool. So you're a pretty busy guy. 
Okay, here's my question number three. What can I do, in your opinion, to improve Podcast Pickle? I think the the best thing that you can do is keep doing what you're doing now, which is try to make it as user-friendly uh, as possible and keeping the focus that there is somebody else on the other line. And try to make it focused toward them. This is for you. This is what you need, you know, you told us you wanted. And find out what the customer wants and then just completely, absolutely super serve that need. How's that for an answer? Sounds like a good point. I appreciate the opinion. And I think that's what we're trying to do, so we're right on track. You are absolutely right on track. I, I can tell you that. Tell me more about uh, the, the podcast, Pickle, and also tell a little bit about it so when people want to find out about the podcast, Pickle, if they haven't found it already, you know, where can they go? Well, you simply go to podcastpickle.com, and you can either spell it the correct way or the incorrect way. You can spell it with an L-E at the end or an E-L. It'll take you there whether you can spell or not. And you'd be surprised how many E-Ls we get instead of L-E's that come to the site. But uh, just come to podcastpickle.com. Like I said earlier, I think it's... I mean, we are honestly trying to build the best directory there is. But we, like I said, we're trying to build more. We're trying to build a community where people come and they can do things. I think uh, within the next week or so, on the uh, profile pages we made, you'll be able to private message people. You know, if you want to send them a message over there to their profile page, and you'll be able to see if they're online and maybe even chat with them live online. So we're trying to make it so it does a lot more than just a phone book. Because that's what I feel most of them are, just phone books but with podcasts instead of phone numbers. Gary, thank you so much for being our guest on You Are the Guest, and hopefully you've enjoyed this experience as well. I have. I really have. And thank you for, once again, having uh, You Are the Guest as one of your favorite pickled podcasts. Well, I told you I had my favorites. I heard your first episode you listed, and I was a, a fan from the beginning, and I appreciate you having me on here. And giving me an opportunity to um, tell people about the pickle, you know, I think people want to know a little bit about people that they listen to or they are affiliated with, and that's why I think the profile pages are so important on the pickle. You know, if you do have a podcast, you go, "Gosh, this is one of my favorite podcasts." You can go to their profile page now. Maybe you can see what they look like. Maybe you can find out where they live. The likes and dislikes, and you go, hey, I live in Connecticut, and so does uh, this person. So I think um, shows like this are kind of like going out the same thing our, our profiles are, just to like get people involved with their podcasters. In other words, both you and I are on the same track. Correcto. Gary, thanks again, and good luck with the podcast, Pickle. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, and thanks again for having me on. Hey everybody, this is Rob Coslow, and I'm selling one of my pianos on eBay. I'm going to let CC Chapman here tell you more about it. Hey everyone, it's CC Chapman from AccidentHash.com and UturnCafe.com. How's it going? Rob asked me to take a couple minutes and just explain to you about this really cool piano he's selling. Now, as you know, Rob is an extremely popular artist. He's one of the most popular Podsafe artists out there. He's signed record deals. His music is everywhere. So this is a really cool collectible if you're a fan of the music or if you're just a fan of playing the piano. 
It's a brand new piano. It's five months old and it's in mint condition. It's a Yamaha P22 professional upright piano. It's 45 inches in height. It's got a nice black matte finish and comes with a bench. Now what's cool is this isn't just a regular piano. This is something that Rob actually used. He bought it and used it as his practice piano. And he's created several of his songs on this. So if you're a fan, it's a really kind of a cool thing to have in your house. Say, you know. So when Rob Coslow's all over the place and touring worldwide and is a huge thing, you can say, I've got this from when he first started out. And he'll also autograph the piano, which is really cool. And if you win the auction, it's totally up to you how big he signs it and where he signs it. Now, personally, I think you need to get it just this huge autograph right across the front of Rob Costello. That's what I would do if I won it. But it's up to you if you win the auction, which is really, really cool. And if the piano does decent, which I think is cool, is Rob's not only going to pocket some of the money, he's going to donate a huge chunk of it to some very good charities. You know, things like... Hurricane Katrina and the Susie B. Komen, you know, breast cancer charities, which is great and cool for Rob to do it. Because this is eBay and it's such a big item, U.S. bidders are preferred. But if the bids go high enough, they will ship to other places in the world and the shipping will be different. You know, obviously, this is a piano. It's a big shipping item. But the U.K. and Europe shouldn't be a problem, so swing on by and check it out anyways. So how are you going to do this? Go to ebay.com and search for Rob Coslow. That's R-O-B-C-O-S-T-L-O-W. And check it out. Or you can go out to robcoslow.com. He'll have a link out there. I know I also put a link up on my site. So check it out. This is a really cool way to get a part of podcasting and music history. And I think that's really, really cool. And uh, hopefully somebody will win it. I'm keeping my eye on the auction because I want to see who wins it. And Rob's going to put, you know, your picture, your link, anything you want up on his site as well when you win the stuff. So I think that's great. So seriously, swing on by ebay.com and put in Rob Coslo and buy a piece of history. That's show 15 of You Are the Guest. And taking us out are two songs from the Poncho Ponsafe Music Network. From California, it's Tremolo with their song, Can You Feel It Now? Followed by the Avarators, all the way from Chicago and City Life. From the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa, I'm Bill Grady. Thanks for listening.
Music provided from the Podsafe Music Network. Check it out at music.podshow.com.